throughout my career I've been very fortunate to have had very good mentors, male and female, and often the most valuable conversations you have with them is where you don't have a particular skill set or expertise and you're trying to work out how to get it and how to refine it. And, and I guess also to think about what you do well, but more importantly, what you could do better. Hello and welcome to another episode in MTP Connect's podcast series. We're connecting you with the key people and issues shaping the medtech, biotech and pharma sector. And today we have a very special guest for you to meet. In the podcast chair is our chair, Sue McClemon. Hello, Sue. Hi, Stuart. Great to be here. And thank you for dropping by. Let's go back a couple of years. You graduated with a Bachelor of Pharmacy from the University of Queensland beginning, I suppose, a, a long and storied career in, in STEM. What got you into pharmacy and more broadly STEM? Yes, I, I was very fortunate in that I had some really strong role models in the health area. And uh, I I believed that you needed to give back. And so I wanted a career where you could um, translate really complicated scientific things to, to the lay person, often the patient. And pharmacy was a really good opportunity to do that, particularly hospital pharmacy. I, I was a specialist pharmacist in the area of oncology, infectious diseases and emergency medicine. And so for me, it was an opportunity to interact with those patients, often at a very scary time um, in their lives, and try and translate quite complicated medical information into, into lay terms, if you like, that they could understand to try and make sure that they got good outcomes from their healthcare. So right from the beginning, a, a patient-centred focus for you. I was very fortunate growing up. We come from a quite a privileged background and uh, we were always expected to give back. And so that was the way I was raised and that's the way, you know, my, my parents um, expected us to behave. And, and so uh, it seemed natural to do that. And so you're working in the, the hospital pharmacy, um, did you did you imagine you'd be doing that for a long period of time? When when did the sort of broader um, medtech, biotech, pharma appeal come in? So I was very fortunate to be involved in some really cutting edge clinical trials, and because I was working in the oncology hematology area, we were getting offered uh, new biologics trials for drugs like Amgem's GCSF Neupogen, uh, and also interferon at that stage being developed by Shering Plow and Roche. Uh, and because I had some experience doing those clinical trials, and, and there were only a few sites in Australia doing those sites, uh, doing those trials, I often used to speak about um, new technologies and new medicine uh, to to pharmacy uh, students, but also more broadly uh, to medical students and, and other health healthcare professionals. And uh, on the back of a discussion with an industry partner, they said, "Look." Biotechnology is this new trend that's coming into Australia. That gives you an idea of how old I am. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'd like to set up a new biotech business unit um, in our pharmaceutical company. Are you interested? And I thought, well, how hard can it be? <laughs> You'd never get that opportunity nowadays. But um, I did get that opportunity. And, and so I went into Shearing Plough as a product technology specialist um, and spent some time uh, at Shearing Plough in the oncology space, but also in other drug development areas. Uh, and then was fortunate enough to, to work at both Amgem and also at Bristol-Myers Squibb in medical, marketing uh, and business development roles. Because that's the other thing I wanted to point out is that you've got master's degrees in, in law and, and in marketing. So 
um, a well-rounded um, education background rooted in STEM. Yeah, I think you are always learning. And I, and anyone who is planning a career in healthcare and STEM today, I would say that you're going to have multiple careers and that you'll always be learning and you should always be learning. And I think we'll see a rise of micro-credentialing as people um, identify the skills and expertise that they need to take them to the next level in their career. Especially given the pace of change in in modern society, that's you know people don't have a job for a long period of time anymore. They're, they're either new jobs are created, um, old jobs are disappearing. You've got to have options. You do have to have options, and I, and I think the the other thing I would say is as technology allows us to separate consciousness and intelligence, uh, we're going to have to think about those skills that are actually going to be human, if you like, and, you know, those critical thinking skills, those enterprise skills that will be valued in the environment where we actually have increasing artificial intelligence, for example. You've just sort of listed off a who's who list of biotech and pharma companies. So, you know, NASDAQ, ASX type companies. Talk, talk about, if you could, the, the um, link between commercialisation and and research and and how important is that and and how good at that are we in Australia? Yeah, so a couple of com- comments. I'm I'm quite fortunate in that having left the big end of town, if you like, big pharma, I got the opportunity to be uh, firstly a vice president um, in a, in a um, drug development. Uh, program and then ultimately a CEO of an ASX listed company and have done sort of both the small end and the big end of town and so understand uh, what's required to take a product from really basic research all the way through the clinic and ultimately to commercialisation. From my perspective, uh, I think we could do better at better articulating what the unmet medical need is and that the product that we're developing, what is that true target product profile look like and why is it different? What's the value proposition for that product and how is it going to fit into healthcare? How is it going to assist that patient and how is it going to help that physician deliver better patient care to, to his patient, his or her patients? Uh, so from my perspective, we've got excellent basic research in Australia and, and we do fund it well. Uh, I think we could spend some more time better articulating that translation and commercialisation path and be much clearer about what the regulatory and market access path to market is. And we can talk more about that because that's obviously a big focus for MTP Connect. Um, But somebody working in a lab at a uni, uh, should they be aware of all of these commercial imperatives around the work that they're doing in the lab? I guess it depends on what they want to do with the work that they're doing in the lab. I mean, you know, serendipity and basic research is is critically important. Um, but if you actually want to create a product that's going to be used by patients and extend and enhance their human life then you need to start with the patient. You need to understand what that product or service looks like and it needs to be framed in how it would fit into that healthcare um, system. And so I think if you want to do basic research and just further the, the research area, that's one thing. If you want to create something that's going to benefit a patient, then I think that requires a slightly different thought process and hopefully a quest for knowledge on understanding what that path looks like, what skills they do and don't have, and, and who they can tap into to actually help them on that journey. Well, speaking of that, I know you're particularly passionate about mentoring, uh, I guess giving I guess giving back and nurturing the next generation of of medtech pharma biotech uh, operatives. Does that go back to your your upbringing? 
Look, I think it does. I'm very fortunate. My mother um, was was a strong lady who who was a historian and archaeologist. And uh, as one of three girls, I'm the eldest. We were always told we could do anything. And and I I have a very talented sisters. One's a professor at the ANU. Uh, another is a, a high powered lawyer. So um, uh, we were always told that we could do anything. Um, but we also uh, took the time, I think, to think about what our steps were and to identify mentors, to have those conversations about what we were wanting to do and what we we did well, but much more importantly, have the conversation about the development need. And, and really throughout my career, I've been very fortunate to have had very good mentors, male and female. And uh, often the most valuable conversations you have with them is where you don't have a particular skill set or expertise and you're trying to work out how to get it and how to refine it. And, and I guess also to think about what you do well, but more importantly, what you could do better. And what would you say to somebody who's considering being a mentee, you know, trying to get over that hump and, and, and facing up to some, some constructive feedback, which I suppose comes with the territory? Yeah, I think if you're thinking about, for example, going into the IMNIS program, which I'm very proud of, and MTP Connect supports with ATSI, and, and obviously we funded it through the federal government money to, to go national, and, and I believe it's helping many PhD students right across Australia tap into the sorts of industry jobs that, that exist now but also um, will exist in the future. Uh, from my perspective, give it a go. I mean, I've now mentored formally through that program um, three students. I still keep in contact with them, and they've all gone on to do amazing things uh, and they gave it a go. And so if you're not sure, go and talk to some of those um, mentees that have been through the program, maybe meet some of the mentors that might be available to you and and have a listen to to some of the podcasts and read some of the articles that are out there on on the IMNIS program and why it's been so important for, for those students to tap into those additional skills and expertise that industry people can offer. We're talking about continuous learning. I suppose that's a, a, perhaps an underappreciated element of continuous learning. Look, it is. And I think we, uh, you know, we'll have the rise of more formal micro-credentialing. But I think there is also going to be a need to continue to build strong networks uh, of skill and expertise so that you can actually unlock the value that you've invested in your career. Well, let's um, zoom out a bit, maybe a 30,000 feet view. Um, developments, evolution in the medtech, pharma, biotech, digital health sector. What are, what are some of the emerging mega trends that, that you're seeing in, in your travels, in your work? Yeah, I think it's uh, a really good place to start because I think it allows you to have a strategic conversation about the future and the sorts of things that we're going to have to have in place in that ecosystem to actually make sure that we're competitive and productive. Uh, for us, you know, back in 2016 when we published the first SCP and we worked very closely with the CSIRO Futures Group, we really identified, you know, those six main megatrends um, uh, that were affecting the sector. And I think we're seeing those even more refined now. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, when the updated SCP comes out this year that we're actually going to get um, more dialogue on and start a conversation, I think, about some of those megatrends and, and how we can get ready for those and make sure that we can maximise the opportunities for Australia. From my perspective, uh, the ones that I think are most interesting, firstly, is uh, the unmet need. So we have um, a chronic burden of healthcare. And while it's been fantastic that we've had uh, better healthcare, and including better medtech, pharma and biotech solutions, that comes at a price. 
and uh, the sustainability of healthcare is going to require the adoption of new technologies in order to make sure that we can continue to provide high value um, and high quality healthcare um, to Australian patients. So I think that there are technology solutions that will allow us to deal with that um, chronic burden. I think the other thing we're seeing is the rise of the consumer and more consumer-centric healthcare. And consumers being much more interested in being able to access their health care when they want, how they want. Um, and I think you're going to see uh, the rise of micro wearables and other sensor devices um, that are actually going to provide more feedback for patients so that they can know not only um, better treat themselves, but also prevent disease. And that might be things that allow them to be more active, to decrease unhealthy habits, um, to eat more and more healthily, for example. And so I think that's interesting. And that, that sort of uh, feeds into the whole wellbeing and prevention and public health initiatives. And I think we're going to see more about that. Australia has every opportunity to be one of the healthiest nations in the world. Uh, but we are going to actually have to make sure that we have healthy ageing. And we're going to have to make sure that we have solutions for things like the growing mental health challenges. I think another mega trend is around precision healthcare, and this is a more personalised approach to medicine. We're, really, we're seeing a pivot from volume to value, and I think you're going to see a much more personalised approach uh, to people's healthcare. And we're already seeing that in rare cancers, for example, uh, where we're able to you know, identify particular um, products that might be appropriate for that patient given the genomics of, of for example, that tumour. I think we're also going to see change in uh, integrated care models as a result of some of the way we deliver healthcare. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how that works for the hospital of the future and um, the Internet of Things and operability. Um, we've got a digital revolution. Yeah. We call it a digital evolution, but we've got a digital revolution occurring. And from my perspective, that that's a tool um, that can provide a lot of data that will allow better clinical dashboards, if you like, so that we can make clinical, um, better clinical decisions. Um, but I think that the rise of data, data analytics and digital is a huge opportunity for us. And, and we punch well above our weight here in Australia on some of our initiatives there. And, you know, obviously we funded and health. Uh, and we've actually, you know, seen quite a lot of success with some of those small companies that have spun out and are yep. now growing, yep. doing extraordinary things. I think two others that I think we should touch on is we live in a global world and, uh, you know, there are global biosecurity threats and, and that's both an opportunity and a threat to Australia. But, you know, we have good science here and we could solve some of those uh, global issues and take those solutions to the world. We also have developing markets, many on our doorstep, and I think there's opportunities there as well because they're often looking for um, more frugal innovation to solve their healthcare issues. And I think there's also an opportunity for Australia to, to tap into those markets. And some of those markets are you know, growing very, very fast and, and have the opportunity not to make the mistakes that we have done. They can leapfrog technology. And so I think there's an opportunity for Australia, particularly where we are in the region, to actually work with our neighbours to actually unlock some of those solutions. Well, as you say, these megatrends are megatrends in Australia as much as they are in, you know, Slovenia or the United States or or China. Mm. So somebody is going to plug those gaps, fill those unmet needs. It might as well be Australians. Yeah, I think we don't need to do everything. You know, I think we should do what we're good at and focus on some key areas of excellence. Uh, you know, anything we develop in the healthcare area, you're not developing just for Australia. I mean, the amount of money and the and the timelines required to get one of these products or services to the market means that you're thinking global from day one. 
and to get the return on investment that's required for a new pharmaceutical or a new biotech um, drug or a medical device for that matter means that you've got to be thinking about that global marketplace and, and who you're going to partner with in those overseas markets to actually unlock that global value. And, and often it is the multinationals. Mm. And, and so there are messages in all of that for the person in, in the lab at the university, for the administrator of a, of a health agency, for, for, for standard setters and regulators. Is everybody coming together to, to meet those challenges, those emerging mega trends for, for patients too, I suppose? I think you've got to have the conversation. I think the conversation is evolving um, and I think there is a high level of engagement from all of those groups you know, I don't think we've necessarily got all the solutions yet, but I'm really pleased. And I think, you know, to be honest, MTP Connect has been part of that strategic narrative, bringing some of those people around the table to think about the future. You know, what are we going to need to have in place to actually make sure that we've got a highly productive and competitive industry? Mm. But more importantly, what are we doing to extend and enhance human life? Yeah, it's a complex ecosystem, so collaboration is is critical. And, and look, I think in collaboration, we probably do that better in health and perhaps some of the other areas, but I think we could do a lot better. Um, you know, there is a natural hesitancy from those that perhaps work in research and academia um, with those that work in, in industry, and we have to work out better ways of sharing those skills, acknowledging those skills and valuing each other's contribution because we can't do it by ourselves. We need the guys in the lab. We need the large multinationals who are going to unlock the sales marketing distribution capability to get this out to the patients. And the sooner we can work out new models of working effectively together and collaborating more effectively together and sharing um, best practice, the better. So we'll talk about MTP Connect and, and, and its role in, in all of that in, in just a moment. But you're involved in a number of um, you know, regulatory committees trying to understand the, the evolving, adapting regulatory environment and, and how Australia lines up with other jurisdictions internationally because of these global products. How do you think we're progressing in that regard? I've got to say that the uh, regulators here are very open to having those conversations, but they are resource constrained. And you probably know that it's a largely a fee-for-service um, basis and there's not a lot of spare money that they can actually deploy into having these big, bold conversations. But they do have them and they are having them. And, and I think... Uh, you know, we want regulation that is transparent, that's harmonised um, and, you know, that allows the product or service to come through as quickly as possible, but to make sure that it's, you know, the product and service is safe and, and efficacious. So I think from our perspective, those conversations are happening um, and I think there is an awareness uh, that we need to do better than we're doing. Uh, it is a little bit evolving. I think some things we, we do very well. I think other you know areas are opening up just because new technology is coming down the pipe. There are um, forums for particularly the government regulatory bodies to get together and actually think about global best practice. And I know the TGA and John Skerritt, for example, are quite active in some of those groups to really think about how we can have those global regulatory frameworks that allow us um, to bring those products and services safely and efficiently to uh, to the market. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, you are the chair of MTP Connect, so I think we should look at um, you know MTP Connect's role in in facilitating the development in in, in some of these areas because in so many ways we we sit in the middle of all of that, don't we? We do. I mean, we're very much at the nexus, and and that was really uh, I think the vision. 
when the Growth Centre initiative was set up by the federal government, uh, they wanted, you know, they identified six key areas where they thought Australia could be competitive, was already competitive or could be more competitive. Uh, and obviously the medtech, pharma and biotech sector was one of those. I'm incredibly proud of, of the work that we uh, do and have done. I was delighted to be the inaugural CEO, but also absolutely thrilled when Dan Grant um, agreed to be the new CEO and take the organisation to the next level. And I'm, I'm very excited about the things that we could do. I think, you know, we have a, an independent voice that is a bit different um, from some of the industry organisations that may exist or, or some of the government or academic groups uh, that are there. And that allows us to, and on a holistic basis, really take all of the ecosystem inputs and really understand uh, what those levers are that we can pull so that we actually um, can create an environment where we are much more productive and competitive. Uh, and so but can't, behind closed doors, you won't be surprised to hear, we have quite robust conversations with government, which is appropriate. Uh, and we are quite keen for them to understand what good policy looks like because policy is critically important in an area that's as highly regulated as we are. It's also uh, an industry that's relatively new and so it does need government support. There is market failure and there are some things that government can do that, that industry can't do and we need them to be part of, part of the solution and, that, and they certainly are. So we were formed back in 2015, late 2015, and really the brief was to champion the growth of the Australia uh, medtech, uh, biotech and pharma sector. And, you know, we represent and support organisations, research entities, governments involved in all aspects of the ecosystem from research all the way through to the commercialisation of products. From our perspective, you know, we have four key objectives which have stayed the same since since we were um, established. And that's improving, you know, coordination and collaboration between the research and industry. And I spoke about that before. Yeah. It's improving the management and workforce skills and getting ready for the future, uh, identifying and acting on opportunities to address regulation. That's a big one for us. And, you know, policy frameworks and the regulatory frameworks that are unnecessarily or overly burdensome, let's get rid of those and really invest in, in the regulatory frameworks that will actually allow us to grow an industry and, and make sure that we have new products and services that we can take to the world. The other thing is improving the capability of the sector to actually engage in international markets. I mean, we're very fortunate in that we do get to uh, see a lot of international global excellent benchmarks, if you like, and to bring some of those ideas back to Australia. And, and there's a lot of things we do very well, but you can always learn from others. And I think one of the opportunities we've had uh, on a number of delegations is to actually look at global best practice and then start the conversation about what that means for Australia. So with uh, some additional funding under our belt um, and some new programs through the uh, MRFF also under our belt, we've got some, some funding certainty going forward and plenty of work to do. We certainly do, and I'm incredibly proud of the team. You know, we had to go through a fairly rigorous process uh, of review in order to get refunded, and, and the team did a terrific job on that, you know, with, with quite limited resources. Uh, we were able to show that we had had impact and that we had uh, support from the sector to do the important that we work that we were doing. And, of course, that includes our independent voice, but it also includes the specific actions we take ourselves, including some of the reports we prepare, and it also allows us um, to actually deploy some of that 
federal government money uh, into programs. And you mentioned the MRFF, and we're very proud of the programs that we're running with the MRFF. Um, and I think they are going to make a difference to the sector and 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 lead to more industry growth. But I'm also very proud of the, of the initial project funds that we deployed, which of course came out of the, the Department of Industry, where we were able to invest in those programs and really drive some change. And, and pleasingly, we knew we'd got it right because industry um, not only followed with match cash, but in fact exceeded the cash that, that we had invested on behalf of the government. And so, uh, you know, it's early days because um, these things do take a long time to actually, you know, show the full impact. But right now I'm feeling pretty good about what the team's done. And yes, we do still have a great deal to do. And uh, from from the days of uh, the hospital pharmacy at the Mater in Brisbane, must seem like a, a fair time ago. So there's plenty of water under the bridge. I'm still a registered pharmacist, and believe it or not, I still do my continuing education uh, to try and you know stay connected to to the healthcare system. Uh, and you know we obviously have lots of dialogue with with all members uh, that are deploying healthcare right across the sector. Um, so I still consider myself a pharmacist. Great. Well, really enjoyed chatting with you today. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, Stuart. Sue McLeeman, who is the chair of MTP Connect. When you're listening to the MTP Connect podcast, really pleased you could download us, check us out. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>